1: ready for a digital dive you're listening to the gz chop shop
2: podcast the weekly tech and gaming media podcast that breaks down the latest news law and more so plug in because the gz chop shop starts now what's up everybody (laughs) welcome to another week of the gz chop shop podcast uh we are currently recording via Twitch as well. We had to get some things worked out, but we are here. And as always, we have an amazing episode lined up for you guys. This week, we are going to be talking about Microsoft, doing Microsoft things, the Twitch Crunchyroll partnership for the month of November, and some more game of the year discussions, predictions, etc. So lock it in. Great episode coming up for you starting now. So, to kick things off, Warners, you called it. You said a couple weeks ago, you said every time lately Microsoft is not in the news, they come around and they do something to get themselves back in the news for some reason, as if it bothers them that no one is talking about them. And for the longest time, it was just the Activision Blizzard deal. So that always had them in the news. So they weren't doing a lot of extra things. And then, as that deal was wrapping up, it became Starfield. And then Starfield came and went, and then they were like, okay, we've got to do something else drastic. We're going to be deleting everyone's game capture saves from the drive, from their devices, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then that came and went, and everyone became aware, and they were out of the news for a bit. And then they strike again with something that I think is honestly just as bad as deleting their game captures, if not worse. They are now going to not allow the use of third-party controllers on their hardware.
1: Mainly, uh, I think what what a lot of people might be asking is, what does that really mean? And a, more competitive players for for many, many, many years have used scuff controllers. Yes, and really, if if you're if you have an Xbox or. Uh, you know playstation I, I think the Xbox's version is the uh, elite controller that's the big one It had the elite controller one and then the elite controller two uh PlayStation has something something like it as well i don't I don't know the name of it um, but even after uh, the consoles came out with their versions of or I guess their answer to scuff controllers which for all intents and purposes, the elite controller is a good controller. But unfortunately, good scuff controllers are still better and typically tend to be a little bit cheaper than the elite controller and I guess Microsoft has had enough of people just not buying their their equipment, yeah, and moving on and you know just buying scuff controllers um I think the only the only i guess reason I can understand this is when it comes to scuff controllers and they've gotten better uh, with with online gaming and stuff scuff controllers you used to be able to modify them in a way to give you not just an edge like you might with a modified like elite controller or whatever but you could to some extent a uh, uh, cheat not in the sense of like cheat codes uh, but it could definitely um there were like turbo modes and stuff to make your character be able to do. And uh, act on certain things faster and more efficiently. Um, stuff like that. So I can see a reason uh, for getting, trying to get rid of those completely. Uh, mm. Remove that factor as far as competitive gaming goes. But otherwise, I, I really don't see the point. Because it's not like every scuff controller comes with that. And if you have the ability to put a program in place to only be able to recognize your controller the Xbox controller or the PlayStation controller or whatever, then certainly you could have the same similar program in place to recognize certain modifications on controllers that exist and to just block them.
2: Yeah. Um, And I said, you know, everyone at this point knows that I've got mixed feelings with Microsoft's business models, especially in the gaming industry. And I feel that that's their strong argument right there, that they're trying to reduce cheating on their hardware. They're trying to make it fair for everyone. But there's been a lot of uh, Twitter slash X users that have called out a very glaring issue that's going to arise that a lot of people forget about. And it's gamers with disabilities that cannot use the default controller layout. I mean, there are controllers created for people that they can use their mouths to play the video games. Yeah, Those controllers no longer will work because they're all third party. Microsoft does not have any disability controllers. I mean, even Sony is currently in working on developing their own brand of controllers for people with disabilities. But Microsoft, as far as I know, does not have any such plans And they're just wiping the slate of third-party controllers. And while it will reduce cheating, things like turbo modes and and mods and stuff, that is great. But you're also removing another portion of your, your player base. And it makes them feel like they don't matter. And they've been coming forward saying... Well, what about us? We play your games as well. We've bought your hardware, but we can't use your controllers. So what am I supposed to do? And it doesn't seem like Microsoft has any plans of addressing that yet. So ultimately, I'm feeling that it's like what you said. They want people to buy their controllers. They're looking at their hardware sales. And if we're going to be honest, the Xbox was not selling as well as they wanted.
1: Well, um, and it's, I mean, you have a company that and I, I used to I used to be an Xbox Xbox fan. Um, how many consoles have they made? Since like the past three years. Since they first dropped, you know, the the new gen Xbox, like they've made three coming up on like what, a fourth Xbox, the, the cylinder one. Yeah, that they're dropping at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many how many con- how many different consoles do you have to drop in a three four year period and still not make the sales? To still have the balls to come out and say, well, now we're going to get rid of all this other stuff, and now you have to only buy our stuff when people are obviously already not buying your stuff. Like your your console sales aren't there, and now you're going to force people to buy equipment to use the consoles that aren't selling. Like it just doesn't. For a business model, it doesn't make sense. Like, why restrict people even more when you're already losing so much money and not making money back for all the consoles that you are making and putting them into the marketplace?
2: I said that we would be paying for the Activision Blizzard deal in some way once it finalized. This is probably the beginning of it. Every move Microsoft makes that they've made two strong moves they've made right now that have been detrimental to the consumer one, removing game captures off of their cloud spaces and two, the removing of third-party controller support is all to make back some of that money from their Activision blizzard deal because Activision blizzard isn't going to just make that money for them overnight. It's going to take them years to, to make that revenue that was spent to acquire them. Um, especially since their games are going to go on Game Pass day one, those are sales that they're not going to make. Those are sales for Game Pass, but it's not going to equate to enough to make back that billion dollars they dropped on Activision Blizzard. So they've got to start cutting costs elsewhere and push their product more to increase sales, force sales. So, game captures, that's server space, that's money they've got to spend. They're probably going to shut down some of those servers, which is why they're saying, hey, we're going to start deleting your saves because you got people with gigabytes of saves. That's gigabytes of space that they could probably sell to a company in cloud services that gamers are just populating more or less for free that they could sell to a business for hundreds of dollars so they're like hey let's just clear this out and sell it elsewhere to make some of that money back let's remove third party because they're unofficial products we can't jump in and make any money off of that people buy our hardware that's it they get game pass they're getting game pass to not buy games so yes our subscriptions are going up but That's only like 15 bucks a month per person for them to play hundreds of games, but we can't backpedal. That's our selling point. How do we make more money off of them? This person buys game pass, you know, they buy the Xbox. They probably caught it on sale. They spend what 400 bucks. That's the most they've spent with Xbox. That's the most they spent with Microsoft in total. They spend $415. They get game pass and now they get hundreds of games. But then they go and they use their third party controller that they bought for like 40 bucks. Microsoft doesn't get that. So out of this one customer that they could have made over $500 on, they're making 400, 415, give or take. They want the full amount.
1: I, so you I don't strong think arm people, your customers
2: into buying your product.
1: Dude, I don't I don't think people understand that $15 per person doesn't matter how many people have game pass fifteen dollars per person is not near enough money like it is it is not financially adding up long term to sustain game pass and all the games the The problem is is they're they're dropping these brand new games seventy dollar plus games brand new, and the week they drop they're immediately available on game Pass and people are like, oh well you know. A portion of the game pass goes to that game and i'm like you're right but you need to understand that 15 dollars from that one person is being spread out to all of the companies and all the games that are on game pass not just that one game you're thinking about so it, it's similar like think of it like spotify there's an issue right now with like artists not being paid for their work right because you can just pay a monthly subscription to Spotify and listen to all the music you want without purchasing the music. It's the same concept. These companies, even like oh well, they're owned by Microsoft and Microsoft has all this money. I'm like Microsoft has all this money. The Xbox faction of that does not have all that money. It's not a shared pool throughout all of Microsoft where the the gaming industry side gets uh gets to have that same amount of the cut it's a separate it's under microsoft it's a it's a separate thing with its own separate finances it's not this giant shared pool of hundreds of billions of dollars that they can just blow and use and even if that was the case they can't just spend money recklessly and have a business plan where they don't re, like get their money back in return and at least break even there is no way they are breaking even with game pass no it, i no just way.
2: Just crunching some numbers right now, I can prove that they're they're not breaking breaking even. I don't remember was was the Activision Blizzard deal it was like 60 billion? It, yeah, it's
1: about 60 billion.
2: And a lot, and here's where it annoys me when you go on social media and you see everyone overhyping Game Pass, and they're like, oh, 25 million subscribers, Xbox is killing it. Simple mathematics will tell you, no, they are not. And I'm gonna tell you how you can just simply break down the numbers. Let's just say on estimate, the estimation, 25 million subscribers, correct? Now let's say every single subscriber is paying the $15 a month. Mind you, those 25 million, you got to include the people who are getting them on a deal, get game pass for $1. So not every one of those members is paying $15 right now, but let's just go in an estimate and say every single member, 25 million subscribers paying $15 for the first month. Microsoft makes about 375. Uh I want to say maybe million, maybe, a month. So if you crunch those numbers and you say they got, all right, they're making uh 375 million a month. That's that's crazy numbers to us. But for a business, that's chump change. That's that's pocket money. And then times that by 12 months in a year they are only making 4.5 billion a year off of game pass and they dropped sick over 60 billion correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure it was around 60 billion it was for activision blizzard what they spent on activision blizzard they don't even make in a year off of game pass That means they had to dig into the Microsoft overall funds to make that deal go through. Game Pass is not making them a lot of money. They're only averaging about $4 billion a year. And that's if every single subscriber was paying $15.
1: And that's not considering that a large amount of that money isn't going back to Microsoft itself. Uh, Yeah. uh, That money, like Microsoft might own a a large amount of these companies now but those companies still need to be paid they still they gotta need to be, be financed so so the amount of money of that, that money, microsoft itself is keeping half. is 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 i would i would imagine nothing yeah after they're paying what they need to pay to all the studios to keep them where they need to be and all their mm-hmm. employees
2: yeah so in turn, they've got to make up that money elsewhere and cutting, like I said, cutting off third-party controllers to, to and hopefully, as far as they're concerned, or mandatorily increase their sales because now to use their hardware to play your game, you need an Xbox-certified controller. They're, they're going to try to bump that revenue, and they're going to sell some server space to other companies to make up that money because Game Pass seems like a steal to us as the gamers but microsoft is doing all these acquisitions in hopes of these companies making the money because they promoted a product that they honestly cannot sustain and they're clawing at what little bit they can get to keep it going and it's just but they don't want to tell us that they're struggling with it. That's why they don't put out actual numbers. They put out how many subscribers they have, they put out how many players. Because what was it with Starfield? They were like a million players day one. Cool. What were your sale numbers? They don't disclose that. The sale numbers were insignificant
1: because the game was immediately on Game Pass, and so many people were like, Oh, it's on Game Pass. Why would I buy it? Yeah. Well, and there's then, the of problem, course you had right? People
2: there. who did pay for it. But let's be honest, those are the most loyal of the loyal. That is probably maybe like 100,000. I'll even say out of their 25 million, maybe 5 million were that loyal enough to buy the game.
1: Oh, And it wasn't too long ago, maybe a year or two, where it, it took several months for a brand new game to show up on Game Pass because they wanted the sales first. They wanted the sales.
2: Yeah. And a lot of developers didn't want their games on Game Pass day one because it it hurts them as well so that's why microsoft acquires the companies because then the developers can't say we don't want that they're paid up front to have it happen um but what are your guys' thoughts do you think microsoft is making a wise decision by removing third-party controllers Do you think they should keep third-party access? What do you think Microsoft's endgame plan is? Once the smoke clears, what are they going to do next to get themselves in the news? Because it seems like they cannot help themselves. They got to be in the news some way or the other. Never ceases to amaze me. Um, But let us know. Now, something else I'm sure you're excited to talk about as an anime fan. And I say so honestly, sarcastically, because even though we are, you know, doing this podcast on Twitch, we've got our mixed feelings with with Twitch. But this month, Twitch and Crunchyroll have entered into a partnership. Now I don't know how long of this part. I think it's only for the month. I think it's only for the month. But if you are on Twitch, and you gift or subscribe um, to channels. I think it's like gifting two subscriptions or subscribing to two different channels. You will be granted as a reward, a um, mega fan subscription to Crunchyroll. So maybe you wanted to try out Crunchyroll, but you didn't want to pay for it. Uh, I guess this is a good opportunity if you're already on Twitch and maybe you, you know, are, on Twitch a lot and you subscribe to a lot of channels. Um, here's a chance. It started November 2nd and it's going through to the end of the month. So if you're trying to get access to make a fan, you can use Twitch to do so. And I've been noticing Crunchyroll has been doing a lot of uh, partnering up lately because they recently partnered up with Amazon as well. So that if you have Amazon Prime, you can also slide Crunchyroll in as a bundle as well
1: um here's here's my thing i don't i don't have a problem with the partnerships i i think you know if you know it makes sense that they would want to do it twitch is for all intents and purposes the most popular streaming service just despite yeah. what you know are the negative sides of things and all of our disagreements and how maybe it's changed over the years um it is it's the number one streaming services but It's it's a good it's a good business model, and it helps it helps Crunchyroll. Um, I'm curious how much uh, how much Twitch makes off, or not Twitch, but uh, Crunchyroll, (laughs) because you know they 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 keep so much of like the subscription. So I wonder how much of that cut Crunchyroll is getting. Which I guess I guess in a sense they're also getting promo.
2: Yeah, they're getting promo, which will boost their own subscriptions. I'm pretty sure that Twitch can't do to them what they do to the streamers with like the 50 50 split, um, which is kind of funny that I say Crunchyroll entered a partnership with Amazon, but Amazon owns Twitch and Crunchyroll is able to be bundled up with. Amazon, so it
1: seemed kind of redundant. Don't do not do bundles, people. Don't do bundles. And I'm do, gonna tell yeah, don't you, I'm do gonna, bundles. I'm going to tell don't, you don't why. Do. I'm telling you this from experience. I'm not saying this to, like, shit on Amazon or Hulu or anything. Like, bundles seem like a great idea, but my, my problem from experience, because i tried to bundle twice with Crunchyroll and Funimation back maybe a couple, two or three years ago. uh, And my experience was... When you get that bundle and you're paying typically the same amount like you would through if you went straight to them, maybe you'll save a couple dollars. Uh, I think in some some instances, you save a couple dollars. Um, you are not getting the whole catalog, and they don't tell you that. And I'm I'm telling you because I have a massive catalog on Crunchyroll. I've had Crunchyroll since like 2009. Yeah. And I, I know, I know it's available people. Okay. And I've gone through these bundles like, oh, we can just package it all up. Right. Sounds nice. And then I go to it and
0: you're. Hi, I'm Daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter. It's innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of
1: just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices crunchy roll or funimation and going to the search bar or being able to go through all the categories uh, maybe they've scaled it up a bit but oh my I, experience it, has been a large like they'll have a, you know they'll have all the popular stuff yeah but if you're trying to look for like other things that are more niche but niche, really yeah. good or you know maybe you heard something from a friend and you want to see it don't be surprised if it's not on there. they don't tell you that the whole catalog's not on there. A good chunk of the catalog is, but not the whole catalog
2: yeah, and that's the thing with bundles they um they don't tell you what you're not getting until you go looking for it and they're like, ooh so I guess like i
1: mean i I guess it would come down to preference like if you don't care about that and you're like you're, you just want to see the popular ones yeah it, it's probably it's probably fine, it's probably worth it. But for me, like I just I can't do that. I need to know that when I'm when I'm paying the money and I'm signing on to Crunchyroll, I get the full catalog.
2: You get the full, yeah, full deal.
1: If if I see something from someone else or someone mentions something, I know I can go. Let me go watch that. I don't have to go. I wonder if it's going to be available through this bundle. Or when
2: the bundle prices increase, but your quality of service decreases, I'm looking at you, Disney Hulu.
1: And that's another thing I've noticed is you know I you know for Japanese and English and the dubs th- that's all there but i have noticed and this is just cuz i get curious and i look <laughs> a, at least from again my experience a lot of the dubs are missing when you when you go through the when you go through the bundle so yeah. you know if you care about that stuff you know don't don't bundle but if you don't and you're just there for the the english or the 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 subs and uh you know, the popular ones. And it's not, not really a big deal.
2: Yeah. I'm also wondering, and this is just my pure hypothetical theory here. Um, I'm doing my usual connecting dots thing. Crunchyroll is owned by Sony. That's official. Um, Sony owning Crunchyroll. I'm wondering if Sony is finessing their own thing in order to do more acquisitions themselves, because anime is a huge market. An
1: acquisition, a, an acquisition of what? Uh
2: probably somewhere in the gaming industry. Another acquisition, because there's words that they're gearing up to do an acquisition. Oh, I don't like, know if you like sp-
1: via Twitch, trying to yeah. partner up. Yeah, I, I could see. I guess I could see where you're coming from.
2: You know, to I, I, I do their think. Own-
1: you know, I, I wonder. I have wondered if this is a. Crunchyroll's rolls way of, you remember they were in a, they were in the news recently with the whole selling information of, yeah selling information and stuff so i wonder if this is also their way of kind of like putting themselves out there it's promo it's partnership it looks good for them it's good for business recovering um, i wouldn't be surprised if that played a small role as well
2: yeah, that's probably a
1: huge possibility. Because I mean, in, in, any company in their place where they're kind of the only one doing that thing for the most. I mean, there's high dive and other stuff, but but Crunchyroll is the big one. Yeah. So any company in that position would probably want to do a little bit of like formalities and, and image. You know, repairs.
2: Yeah. Because even, did even seem on like the not long after
1: they uh, they started allowing themselves to be to
2: be bundled. With the uh, with other things. so. Yeah, it it could be one of those two. It could be both of them combined. I guess, you know, we'll see how this how this pans out, because Twitch is very good at doing like random out of nowhere partnerships that are actually kind of awesome. If I'm going to be completely honest, some of their sudden partnerships are pretty awesome. They, you know, you do get some random rewards that just for being on Twitch, you know, pan out even in, in game like. Last month it was Cyberpunk getting some um cosmetics and a weapon that otherwise you cannot get. Like you can never get them again unless they do another another drop. And I actually took part in that because I was like, you know, I love cyberpunk. All I had to do was watch a couple hours of streamers who were playing Cyberpunk and I was getting some some cool rewards. Um
1: well, anime, anime skins and games have gotten really popular. So I, you know, having codes drop too through the partnership to where you can get skins from different animes mm-hmm. in your game or just like whatever. Um, that'd be pretty dope.
2: Yeah. So it'll be really cool to see, you know, where this goes, what their their long term plan is. But if you guys are trying to get a mega fan subscription or you want to try it out and you are on Twitch, uh, give two subs or subscribe to. Two different channels, and check your rewards for a chance to get a Crunchyroll Mega Fan. Um, I'm a Crunchyroll Mega Fan through Crunchyroll themselves, and honestly, it's worth it in my opinion. I no ads, access to every anime. What's well, it's always
1: been relatively cheap. I they've upped their prices a couple times for the past few years, but I, what is it now like? It's like ten eight, bucks, nine dollars, something like yeah, $9. that. Like, I think I the think?
2: highest is. It's still not as expensive as Netflix.
1: No, no, no. It, I don't think I don't think that'll be an issue, at least not for a while. I mean, there's yeah. no reason.
2: Yeah. Even for like eight bucks, you still can get like ad free access to everything. I think the mega fan is just so you can get discount codes to their store. Um, I think it also includes their manga reader, their manga reader. They've left that thing so far behind.
1: dude. that. Mon- <laughs> the manga reader is not good. <laughs> their manga it's reader not good. needs an update. It's never it's never really been great. Yeah. I don't there, know there's some cool like. You'll- it you'll find some cool stuff on there sometimes like stuff, maybe stuff you had, you didn't see before. Uh, and it'll get you into like a a new manga and then you go on to shown and jump. And if you have a subscription to that and you can read it there, but yeah, I don't know what that whole, that whole section is supposed to really accomplish. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's the whole thing. Like you're supposed to get a taste of something there and go, I like this, but see how badly it's ingrained. And then you go, I really want to watch this. So, uh, shonen jump which i'm surprised Crunchyroll roll and shonen jump don't have like a thing like a
2: partnership
1: of like some a sort. partnership that would make sense to me like if because you know on Crunchyroll roll now how they have uh like artists you might like like that's mm-hmm. a that's a really cool new thing right like now you can easily find artists that are showcased on Crunchyroll roll for a, a large amount of the anime i think that's really cool it's about time like you know we start being able to give give them their dues because they, they do it for music artists too. Some some pretty amazing music and artists out there. And, and through that, we we find a lot of Japanese artists that, that you know are pretty amazing. And I'm surprised there's not a little section in there for Shonen Jump.
2: Yeah. Well, there's an idea. Crunchyroll. Anyone from Crunchyroll? If you listen to this podcast. I mean, what,
1: what is Shonen Jump like? I think it's like $3. Not, I think it's like $2. Yeah, it's like two or three. It's two or three dollars a month. It's not even a little bit expensive. It's, it's surprising how cheap it is, honestly,
2: because yeah. I have Viz media and Shonen Jump and at most it comes to five dollars for both.
1: Yeah. And so you add them together. Crunchyroll. If, if you do this, I want credit. Yes. Credit to the GZ Chop Shop
2: podcast who said it today, November 6th, 2023. We threw the suggestion out there for everyone to know. It's recorded. Can't deny us. Sponsor us. (laughs) Okay. So the final topic for today's episode, um, game of the year, game of the year is awards is rapidly approaching because we just talked about it towards the end of October and we are already almost halfway through November. When you think about it, next week will be halfway through November. Um, and we came up in that episode with some user speculations and the list was pretty massive then. But anyone who's been following the game of the years, you know, there's only six finalists. And then they pick from one of those six to be game of the year. Uh, And in our community chat, we were talking about it back and forth. About what we think, and I think it was a pretty general consensus between all of us that we were certain for sure that Tears of the Kingdom was going to be one. Baldur's Gate is definitely going to be one. Um, And... From those two, I think we kind of hopped back and forth between ones we liked that seemed to be shared among the community that we think will show up. Like for me, I would love to see Armor Core 6 on that list. But Armor Core 6 is a very niche game. I wouldn't
1: expect game. it. And it's not because it's a bad game. It's what you just said. It's just it's a, a niche very
2: game. niche game.
1: Um, as much as it
2: pains me to admit it, but I just know gaming politics and I know fan bases starfield is going to show up on the list um and probably because there was so much controversy around that game that it definitely would guarantee butts and seats at least to just see it up there on the list at uh, even if it comes in at six i pretty sure you're gonna see starfield as a nominee um I don't think we're going to see any of the remakes go up. People want to see Resident Evil 4. They want to see Dead Space go up, but they are remakes. And I think that that would open up a whole can of worms if they started doing that now and not like a separate category for uh, remakes. So I don't see that on there. Spider-Man 2 is definitely one people want to see on the list. Um, A superhero game winning game of the year.
1: Oof! I don't know how that would make gamers I, I, feel. Spider-Man games are great, but I just don't really see that happening. Yeah, and it's it's you know no shade towards Spider-Man, but it's, it's historically not really a thing. Yeah, and I I love the Spider-Man th- games. I would like to see them. I, you mentioned it before. I would like to see them add a DLC category.
2: A DLC category would be amazing.
1: Um, um, I think it would be incentive for uh, studios to put more time and effort into their DLCs to make the DLCs feel like you're getting more out of them by there being a category for best DLCs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In 2023, I think this is going to be the toughest year for game of the year because so many games that got pushed back due to COVID and all collided this year with games that were already coming out this year. So across the board, We had tons of games for multiple genres coming out. I mean, another game I think we'll see on the, you know, six finalists, uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Now, I personally didn't play Hogwarts Legacy, but I remember for like the first three months of that game coming out, that was all people were talking about.
1: The only argument, the only argument against it is there's no replayability. And that's a huge factor in games these days.
2: Oh, And that seems so weird that there's no replayability for a game that that was
1: like, like for the, like a one-time playthrough and like, it's a great game. It's, it's amazing and it's a beautiful game, Uh, but it's, there's just no replayability and, and that, that does get factored in pretty hard. So that might be the thing that hurts it. Um, As much as I I don't see Boulder gate three, not winning, to be honest. And and I was, I was going to try to be biased here, but, I mean they dropped out of nowhere there was no like there was no months of like promo for it, it dropped out of nowhere mm-hmm. and it absolutely destroyed in every category I mean no no game came close to it this year
2: if anything it also motivated people to get into D&D yeah
1: and I it gave turn it it put turn based games back in the good light again because people just don't have the patience for them anymore it's not something that people really it, it's kind of a niche a niche uh, category. I love turn-based games. I always have. Um but I think that, I don't know man, they just did it so well. It didn't it almost didn't feel like the turn-based wasn't even in my way. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Um <clears throat> playing Devil's Advocate even though I love Baldur's Gate 3, I do also see that working against them. In the finals, the fact that it's a turn based um, because we're in the generation of gamers who want instantaneous action. Turn base is probably too slow for them. They might not. Find it as enjoyable um, because then you've got games where there is no turn base. It's constant action like Diablo four. And despite all the controversy surrounding Diablo four, there's people that love that game. It's not turn-based; it's constant, ongoing action. A lot of people probably preferred that, so I could see that working against Baldur's Gate as well, because um, a lot of people probably didn't even get out of Act One, so they didn't get to really open up the game.
1: Yeah, fortunately, um, only ten percent of the actual player base gets a say that that like is factored into it. So, any like negativity in just that one that one realm isn't going to really impact it at all. I mean, it really is going to come down to uh, how it performed. And then the storyline, uh, the replayability is always a big one. Originality is a big one. Innovation is a big one. There's a lot of factors that go into it. So, um, yeah, well, I guess we'll see.
2: Now, do you think when you say originality, do you think the fact that they're building off of D and D will hurt them as well?
1: No, because D and D is, is, D and D does not have. Yes, there are movies. Yes, there are set games and storylines you can buy. But D and D as a whole is not. There is no one storyline. There is no original storyline. There is no one way to, you know, linearly play through the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, the game is as big as your imagination is within the realm of the, you know, the rules of the game itself. So I don't I don't think that, that would that would hurt it.
2: I honestly think it'll come down to Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate. Um the reason I think Tears of the Kingdom is because uh I am basing it off the last two times. Now, did Breath of the Wild is there a way can you see if Breath of the Wild won when it came out? I don't think it did. I think it got ousted barely by another game. Um but what i'm thinking why i think tears of the kingdom has a very strong chance of winning is because even to to, to today people are creating such original builds in a zelda game and zelda is a completely original world you know it's yeah. it's completely yeah. original and look at the last two games sekiro elden ring they were completely original built from the ground up worlds
1: were you were you trying to remember if breath of the wild took Game of the Year?
2: Yeah. Did Breath of the Wild actually get Game of the Year? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Back in like 2017. 17. They, yeah. yeah. So they, they, yeah, started- they have
2: a very strong chance of taking it again because they they took a formula, they built the formula, it worked, and they've expanded on that formula and it was phenomenal. Like, the only limit to Tears of the Kingdom is your own imagination. Like the stuff I've seen people create on Tears of the Kingdom is just mind boggling. Like, That's are what I say in
1: seven days to die, but then like a box gets broken and then my whole building collapse. And then- <laughs> <laughs> it
2: just falls on, on down around you. But no, um, I do think it'll come down to Baldur's Gate 3 and Tears of the Kingdom because at their release, they were a complete game. They were full game. They didn't need patches. They didn't need DLC. They were full experience with replayability before they even think of any attachment whatsoever. Especially Baldur's Gate. You can play Baldur's Gate. What is it? 17,000? Got 17,000 endings? Uh,
1: 17,000 outcomes.
2: 17,000 outcomes. So 17,000 different outcomes. You've got hundreds of
1: different ways to play that game. Endings. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And there, there'd be endings. no end. 17,000 endings is <laughs> why play anything else? There's 17,000 games apparently in that one game.
2: Yeah. But, um, 17,000 outcomes. God. So that's a lot that that's insane. Replayability insane. And tears of the kingdom has insane replayability. you, went about things this way with this kind of build. Now you can try things this way with a completely different build. You can try to speed run the game. You can try to find everything
1: in the game. You know what genre I'm surprised hasn't, hasn't been added at all is a, like a horror thriller genre. Yeah, And I, I guess I can understand to the extent that maybe enough of them don't come out each year to really compete for that. Um, I th- I think they do, but I know like that argument could definitely be made, um, but only I mean, like, a small handful of, of horror games come out every year that would even be, I guess, worthy enough to to be put on that list, I suppose. Um, and I, I would like them to see like remake, re- like best remake, reboot and separate remakes and reboots from being able to compete with new games. I don't I don't think that they should be able to compete at all with new games. Yeah, T- taking a game that already existed and, even you know, Resident, Resident Evil remakes are stupid good. They're amazing, but taking a game that already existed and just making it look better and giving it more, you know, giving it a modern, you know, touch up should not. Be able to put it in the running for a game of the year with with brand new games, I just I think that's just really strange.
2: Yeah. No, I I agree. Yeah, they they definitely should have some categories for that. That would be uh that would pretty be pretty amazing and I think that makes the most sense. Maybe in the future we can see those pop up. Um I would love to see a horror game category. That's just because I'm a horror game buff. Um but I guess because it's horror that's not exactly like family friendly. <laughs> so, maybe they have to be like they gotta be like careful with that, I guess. I don't know, but I would love to see it. But what do you guys think? What do you wanna see win game of the year for 2023? What are your predictions? Um, And what game category doesn't exist that you think should exist at the Game Awards? Maybe in the future they can, they can add it. But that's pretty much everything we've got for this episode. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, think about subscribing think about checking out our patreon page and if you weren't able to join us live over on twitch you can catch this on youtube and you can find all the links to everything amazing down in the description below also think about checking out our store the osn and get yourself some amazing merchandise i cannot stress this enough guys you will not be disappointed we've got apparel we've got home accessories you just want to have a nice tumbler to bring with you on your drive to work we've got those two check it out you will not be disappointed and also patrons get free shipping for life it's worth it visit it check it out and if you want to check out our exclusive podcast the afterthoughts after dark patrons have access to that as well. Pretty much it's the guys and I, we get together and we just talk about life and a bunch of random things. It's it's a great time. It's a great time. I promise. Anyway, we are out of here. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. Take care of yourself and each other. And we will catch all of you amazing people on the next podcast. Later.